At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. For many years, many have asked the question, what if God was one of us? Through the incarnation of Jesus, God answered that question, and Jesus became one of us. Every year for centuries, Christians have celebrated the miracle of Jesus' birth. This Christmas season, we're diving into a new series, Emmanuel, God with us. Learning how the arrival of Jesus Christ changes everything. He came to save us, a broken and crooked world, a fallen people. Join us this Christmas as we explore the miracle of Jesus' incarnation and the impact it still has on us. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad to be worshiping you all this morning. Let's stand together now as we start our service. Heavenly Father, it is uh, such a gift to be here on Christmas Eve, worshiping our Savior, who alone is worthy of all of our praise. The reason for the holiday season, our Savior, born of a virgin, who came to save us. Lord, it is you we worship today. It is our honor to lift our praise. It's in your name. Amen. Shall come to thee, O oh, we 
Amen, church. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Well, welcome and Merry Christmas. It's so good to see you all this morning. Thank you for coming out. Uh, for those that are joining us online and those that are here, welcome to our Christmas Eve service. And uh, we're glad that you're here and you're in the right place as we have an opportunity today to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, today, in our time together, we're going to be working through the text in Galatians chapter 4. All of our passages, or the passage will be up on the screen. You'll be able to see that. Uh, but later on in our service, we will be celebrating a time of candle lighting. So if you did not happen to pick up either your little electronic light for the kids, or if you uh, did not pick up... Uh, one of the candles, feel free to uh, go and do that now or during one of the next the songs that we're going to sing today. So our service is going to be a little bit different today. Uh, it's not going to be just the typical go through uh, like our regular services, um, but we're going to take the teaching and we're going to break it up into different different sections as we move through uh, celebrating the, the birth of Jesus and what makes Christmas so special. Why do we celebrate Christmas? So that's what we're going to be taking a look at today. So we're glad that you're here. And today, as we do celebrate, we celebrate Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us, who was God's plan to redeem us from our sins, to save us from ourselves. We celebrate at Christmas the fact that when sin entered into the world all the way back in the garden, we, we know that sin changed everything. It invaded every part of our lives and it caused a great gulf to happen between a holy God and a sinful man. But God was not taken aback by it. It didn't catch him off guard that man would return or man would rebel and turn from him. But God had a plan to redeem us and to free us. As we walk through scripture, we see that God begins this plan by calling a special people together, the nation of Israel. This would be his people where he would show his special kind of love to. The Bible tells us that in the, this time that God made us covenant with the nation of Israel, meaning that this was his promise to be their God and to protect them and to love them and to show them a special part of his character that the rest of the world didn't get a chance to see. And in entering into this covenant with them, he made promises. He said that he would be their God, they would be his people, and he would show them a special kind of love. But even in that, he gave them a laws in regards to how they were supposed to live and how they were supposed to worship. In the laws, we see that God tells them that they must be perfect, that they must be holy as he is holy. And in that, we know that humanity knows that they, as humans, we can't be perfect. So the law reveals how we're supposed to live, but it also reveals how sinful we really are. How even in the standards that God gives us, none of us can measure up. So God gave a sacrificial system. In the sacrificial system, it gave an opportunity for man to have an opportunity to have their sins atoned for. Through the shedding of the blood of animals, they would be reminded that sin must be punished and sin can be atoned for through the shedding of blood. So that was part of God's plan, but it wasn't the fulfillment of God's plan or the fullness of God's plan. And so even though God's people walked in, in disobedience even to the covenant of God, God was still faithful. And then along came a prophet almost 700 years before Jesus was born. The prophet that God gave to speak to God's people about this promise. And this is what he promised and prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9. 
The prophet Isaiah says this, The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon him and his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You see, 700 years before Jesus was born, God promised that he would send one, a child, that would deliver us from our sins. But then humanity had to wait. And humanity had to wait. And God stopped speaking through the prophets and was silent for 400 years. And it almost as though the earth groaned in desperation for the light that was to come, the promise that was to come. And you may be in a season of your life this morning where you're waiting on the Lord, where God is walking you through a season that may feel dark, that may feel like he's distant from you. But I want to remind you this morning that God is not distant, that God is not far. But because Christ has come, Jesus is ever near to you. Hope is here. And God is true to his promises. And though we are all in need of freedom, we're all in need of redemption, today as we look at our text, we're going to see that redemption can only be found in Jesus. So our call today is to embrace God's redemption in Jesus. Today as we look at our our text in Galatians, we're going to see three ways that we are to embrace God's redemption. And we begin today our service by recognizing our condition. Before we can know of the hope that is in Christ, we must know that we are in need of hope, that we are in need of help. And I love how Galatians chapter 1 through 3 speaks about this as Paul is writing to the church there. Paul writes, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, he is under a guardian and a manager until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. Now, as Paul is writing here, we're, we're jumping deep in the midst of a, a letter that he's writing to encourage and to challenge the church. But we're going to look at these few verses today because I, I believe that they tie beautifully into the reality of Jesus being Emmanuel, God with us. It tells the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is told over and over and over again throughout Scripture. And even Paul, now as he's writing to the church, we see it again. For Paul gives us this illustration of talking about the inheritance and being an heir. And how and being an heir to a great inheritance, as a child, you're no different than a slave is what he's talking about. So when we think of an heir, we think of someone that someday has the promise of great wealth, someone that has a great promise of inheriting that which belongs to their father. But when you think of an heir, an heir has no power. An heir cannot grab hold of that promise until the appointed time. And so Paul's using this to describe to us our condition, 
that before Christ comes into our lives, we're like an heir or we're more like a slave. That in our lives, that we're not even managers of our own lives, that someone, something is controlling us. And he says like this, that we are under a guardian. Back in the time that Paul is writing this, that there were managers set over the heirs that would make the decisions for the child, that would make sure the child was clothed, that made sure the child was fed, that made sure the child had everything that it needed, even though the child himself could not do anything with the inheritance. The child couldn't sell land or buy land or they couldn't go out and do anything on their own. So in much the same way, this child that is an heir is like a slave, having no power of their own. And Paul is saying that this is like us, apart from Christ. That though we really just live out our, our guts, we live out from our hearts, we live out from our flesh, that's why he says, in the same way, when we were a child, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. When you're born into this world, when you are given life, you're not free but you have the yoke of slavery on you. You are a slave to sin. And the Bible tells us that we, when we live out this way, that we are desperately need of a savior. For apart from Christ, we want nothing of God. We want to be our own God and we want to do our own things and we want to live in our own ways. And that makes us even more and more f- further away from God himself. But in Jesus, we see that we can be free from the slavery of sin. And that's what we celebrate today. And as we continue in our service today, we're going to sing, um, O Holy Night. And I want you to listen to the words and listen to the desperation that's present in the song and also the hope that comes in Christ. So let's stand and sing together.
Amen. You may be seated. As we continue on looking into the story of Christmas and the reason that we're here to celebrate today, we look back at the book of Galatians chapter 4. And this is what Paul writes. He says, but when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. See, not only do we need to begin by understanding our condition, we can receive the forgiveness and the freedom that is in Christ by trusting in God's saving action. See, though we were under the law, though we were oppressed by the law, though God had given us a standard that none of us could live up to, I don't know about you, but I I know how painful it is in my life when someone tells me that, that I'm constantly getting things wrong, right? Like you have a parent or you have a teacher, you have a boss that's like, hey, you're getting it wrong, you're doing it wrong, you're never gonna measure up. How does that make you feel inside of your heart? Well, that's the whole purpose of the law, The law continually tells you that you're not good enough, that you're not strong enough, that you are not perfect enough to be in relationship with God. And so the law becomes oppressive to us. It becomes something that it's a burden that we can't bear ourselves. And we know that when we stand before a holy God, we know that we don't measure up. But then when the hope of Christ says in Galatians, but when the fullness of time had come, when, God plan, when God's plan for redemption comes in Christ, there was an appointed time for Jesus to come. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. God sent forth his son, who was God himself, who was fully God and fully man, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. What this means is that Jesus became like us. Jesus had a mom, just like you, just like I. But Jesus also was a citizen under the law. So the same oppression that you and I feel of the fact that we can't measure up to God's perfect standard, Jesus had that same standard that was placed upon him. And guess what? He fulfilled the law. Every step, every breath, every thought, every feeling Jesus ever had throughout his whole life, he never violated the law. He lived a perfect life. Why? Because not only did the law have to be fulfilled, but the sacrifices needed to be made. There needed to be a sacrifice for our sins. And Paul reminds us in Galatians that Jesus becomes our redemption. Jesus redeems us under those who are under the law. So Jesus not only fulfills the law, but he also takes the punishment for all sin. Though Jesus wasn't sinful, he goes to a cruel cross. And on the cross, the Bible tells us the sin of the world was placed on him. So in every way that you don't measure up, in every way that you have failed, in every way that you have rebelled, in all the shame that you feel, all the guilt that you have, was placed on Christ. And he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So that is all true. But it only becomes a reality in our lives when we trust in God's work. When we trust in God's redeeming, saving work. So let's continue in our time of worship this morning as we sing about this redemption. As we celebrate the coming of Jesus as a baby in a manger to save us from our sins.
Let's stand and worship church. special story for all of our kids. So kids, I want you to join me right here if you would like to sit on this ground right here. We're going to share a special story with our kids this morning. Yep, go ahead and just take a seat.
Happy Christmas Eve, everybody. Is that say you're happy or merry? I don't know which one. It's merry or happy. I know it's Merry Christmas, right? (laughs) Well, I bet you guys are so excited about tomorrow. How many of you are excited about tomorrow? Tomorrow's Christmas. (laughs) Today is Christmas Eve. And I bet you guys have a lot of different traditions, maybe at your house leading up to Christmas. Uh, maybe it's going to go see Christmas lights. Do you guys go see Christmas lights? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Or maybe it's decorating cookies. How many of you decorated cookies already? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's watching a favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. 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 Well, there's some traditions that I did when I was little uh, with my parents. And those, all those things were true. But one of my favorite traditions uh, that I did when I was younger was every morning before we opened presents, uh, my dad would read the Christmas story. And it would help us to remember the real reason why we celebrate Christmas. And so that's what we're going to do today, okay? We're going to read the Christmas story together, okay? Now what I want you guys to do is I want you guys just to imagine, as I'm reading it, imagine, uh, use your imagination about what you would see as I'm reading it. And maybe if, if you want to close your eyes, you can do that if it helps you. But just imagine the things that, that are happening on with the Christmas story, okay? So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read out of the new NIRV version. Okay, Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus made a law. It required that a list be made for everyone in the whole Roman world. It was the first time... A list was made with the people while Quinarius was governor of Syria. Everyone went to their own town to be listed, so Joseph went also. He went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee and Judea, and this is where Bethlehem, the town of David, was, because Joseph went there because he belonged to the family of the line of David. He went there with Mary to be listed. Mary was engaged to him, and she was expecting a baby. While Joseph and Mary were there, the time came for the child to be born. He gave birth to her first baby. It was a boy. He wrapped him in large strips of cloth. Then she placed him in a manger. That's because there was no guest room where they could stay. Now, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. And it was night, and they were taking care of their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news, and it will be great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Here is how you will know I am telling you the truth. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and laying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a large group of angels from heaven also appeared, and they were praising God, and they said, May glory to be given to God in the highest heaven, and may peace be given to those he is pleased with on earth. Then the angels left and went into heaven. Then the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. The baby was lying in a manger. 
And after the shepherds had seen him, they told everyone. They reported what the angel had said about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary kept all these things like a secret treasure in her heart. She thought about them over and over. The shepherds returned, and they gave glory and praise to God. Everything they had seen and heard was just as they had been told. That story is really the reason why we celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And so I want to encourage you guys as you guys go from here, whether you're going to family or where you're going home or in the next couple days as you celebrate, as you open presents, as you do all those activities, that you remember the real reason that we celebrate Christmas is the very fact that Jesus came to earth as a baby, that God sent him as the greatest gift of all. And as you look around, as you eat all those sugar cookies, as you run around the house opening all your new toys, I want you to remember that. But there's something that's really cool that I want to share with you. As you leave today, we have a very special gift for you. And this is going to help you remember the story of Jesus. Did you know that there is a piece of candy that helps us to remember Jesus? What? You probably see it. You've probably gotten it in the last couple of days. But it's a candy cane. And so you guys are going to get a candy cane today, and on it will tell you a little poem of how a candy cane will help you to remember the story of Jesus, okay? All right, well, thank you guys so much for listening to my story. You guys can go ahead and head back to your parents. Um, I, I, don't want, I don't want one of the candy canes, because I, I don't like <laughs> Okay, no worries. And parents, as your kids are going back, we're going to ask you to stand as we sing together. Let's sing at this joy, church.
Amen, amen. Go ahead and be seated. We have much to be joyful about as we remember Christmas and as we celebrate Christmas together and we celebrate the birth of Christ. Let me remind you that though God gave us the law, we feel the oppression of the law because we can't measure up. And at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to be our redemption. But not only did he come to be our redemption, he came to restore a relationship with God. And so as we look at our text again, we see the third thing that we learn today is that we are called to receive God's adoption. Paul continues on in Galatians chapter 4. He says, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, father so that we are no longer slaves but a son and if a son then we are heirs through God man what an amazing thing like to think about the fact that we're born as slaves we're born never measuring up never being good enough to have a relationship with God being distant from God being an enemy of God and then God comes to us through the person of Christ to do the work to redeem us, to forgive us of our sins. But then he comes also to reestablish us in a relationship with God. We do this through faith. When we come to place faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the work of Christ becomes our work. Christ's righteousness is imputed to us, meaning that it's no longer what we do, but it's what Christ has done, so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see all the things that we've done. He sees that which his son has done, which is perfection, which is holiness, which is righteousness. And when we place faith in that, not only are we forgiven, but we receive adoption as sons. Let that rest on you for a moment. To be adopted, when you are adopted, I myself am adopted, so I know what it feels like to take on the name of someone else, to have all the rights and the privileges of being a Keith. Like that is a cool thing for me, knowing that there was a time in which someone chose me. Think about that. Like you are chosen in Christ. That before the foundations of the earth were laid, God saw you, he knew you, and he chose you out of all the people of the world. He chose you to be his child. Meaning that he's no longer an enemy of you, he's no longer distant from you, but as a father, he comes to you and he adopts you as his son. That's why you have the opportunity to cry out, Abba, Father. You have access to the Holy of Holies, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords through the person of Christ. You are not alone. God is not distant from you. We have the spirit of his son living in our hearts 
so that when we have need, we can cry. When we praise, we can cry, and we can know that our Father hears us, that we're no longer a slave, but a son, and we're heirs. We don't have the full inheritance now, but we wait for Christ's return so that we can be with God in heaven, completely unhindered, completely unshackled, completely pure, holy, and righteous. The truth of Christmas is that we are not left alone. Though this world we live in feels dark, feels lonely, it feels as though we're missing something, and if we are honest with ourselves, our hearts deeply yearn to be known. Our hearts deeply yearn to be secure. Our hearts yearn to be significant in some way. And in Christ, all of that is fulfilled. Today we're going to end our time together by lighting the candle. And when we light the candle, we must be reminded of the fact that there is one true light. Jesus, the Savior of the world. And on Christmas, light came into darkness. And where light is present, darkness must flee. And light has come into the world. And from the time that Jesus came, people have been faithful in sharing the gospel message, sharing the message of Christ. And it goes from the, from the mouth of a person to the ear of another person to the heart of the person. And that person is transformed by the word itself. And so today we are here because we're standing on the backs of the generations that have gone before us. Those that have been faithful to share the gospel over time and through different languages. The light has come. And the light has come to you. And hopefully you have believed in this light. And let us remember that at Christmas time we not only receive the light of Jesus, but we're called to share it. So as we celebrate this candle lighting service, we remember that Jesus was the light. That someone was faithful to share it to us. We believe and we share it with others. As we light the candle... As you receive the light, make sure you pass it on to the person that's next to you. If you have a small child with you, this would also be a time for them to light their electronic lights that we've provided.
Would you stand together as we sing? Yeah, 
I love, I love watching it from up here, the candlelight, because at the beginning, all of your faces are dark. And then as the light gets passed around, I get a chance to see everyone's face now. I can see your eyes and I can see the glow from the candle is radiating off of your face. And when we come to meet Christ, we're never the same. His radiance comes from us to others and people see that transformation. Before we go and before I pray, I know that for some of you, this has been a year that's been full of heartache. It's been full of pain. It may have been full of of disappointments. And just for a moment, this may be the only time today that you'll have a chance just to be quiet for a second. I wanna give you a moment just between you and the Lord as we gather together, just to pray to him. Give him thanks for this year. Um, Maybe ask for forgiveness. Maybe just whatever you need to communicate to the Lord today in the silence of this place. Take a moment and do that. And then I'll close us in prayer. Father, we thank you that we get to call you Father. That through Christ, we can call on you. And we have the promise that you hear our prayers, you hear our cries, and it is your heart's desire to always be near us. Father, I pray that in this season we would be reminded of your sacrifice, we would be reminded that you did the work to save us. Father, thank you that we are not alone. Thank you that we're not helpless. Thank you that we're not hopeless because of Christ. And today now, as we go from this place, may the light that you have given us through our faith in you, may we be open to share it with all those that are around us, not only today, but for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for coming today and Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.